from the UK. Is my music fired by Kong? Bring you the hottest artists from around the world. Podcasts, interviews, press releases. Is my music fired? Hello and welcome to this episode, it's me Miles from ismymusicfire.com In this episode I'm going to be talking to Rini Kay, a pop artist, singer, songwriter and guitarist from Dallas, Texas in the United States Hello Rini, welcome to the podcast Thank you so much for having me, I'm glad to be here This is like so overdue, it was so long ago that you were on the, the blog Yeah It was actually February 2021 Yes, um, yes So for the people that didn't read that, would you like to just give a bit of a background on, on yourself and who you are really? Of course, yeah. So I am an independent pop artist. I am 17 years old, so I am still in high school, which definitely influences a lot of what I write. I have been making music mainly about mental health in the past year, just because that has been such a prevalent part of my life recently. In 2021, actually, right after I had done that article with you guys, I ended up moving to a new city, which definitely was a big life change. But it was a good life change, I'd say up until my mental health went really downhill for a few months. And from that, I ended up coming up out with a song called In My Head, which is all about that experience. And it's really led me into a beautiful artistic journey of exploring the relationship we have with ourselves and that whole experience of like the modern teenage experience. So that's kind of where I've been recently. I've been doing music since I was 14, specifically in terms of releasing and being on social media. I'm really focusing now on my present story and stuff since I've definitely evolved a lot since my 14 year old self with my first music. So yeah, that's a little bit about me. Yeah. So I remember the first interview, we were still like in and out of lockdowns at that time. I do recall you saying that you were moving. It was from North Carolina, wasn't it? To Texas. So it correct, yeah. was, yes. Yeah. And then some time passed and then I do remember you dropped in my head because I was following you and I was like wow I want to talk more about like the presence that you got from that because you don't have a huge following I know you're quite active on TikTok I know I'm not on TikTok but I know that you are because you said (laughs) but (laughs) just I've seen kind of the interactions that you have with the fans and it's incredible like I've never seen anyone do what you do but you actually comment back to everyone that gives you feedback like well thank you why do you do that if you don't mind me asking like of course yeah it's yeah so one of the biggest things from this whole experience of being a musician like Mm -hmm. we're always clamoring to get more fans grow our Mm -hmm. audience and I think there's something so special about having a one-to-one relationship with fans instead of just kind of speaking them as like a general audience. And, you know, I like to um, like uh, even on TikTok where I have the majority of my followers, unless I've had a couple like viral videos where it's just it's impossible to reply to every single comment. But for the most part, my TikToks get like 20 comments. Like I'll take the time to reply to every single person because they were the ones that decided to take time out of their day to listen to the video, watch the video, give feedback. And I feel like I kind of owe that to them. So I feel like it really develops a more committed fan relationship as opposed to just being a passive fan. And it's really rewarding for me as well. I just love talking to them. I think they're amazing. And 
pretty much as long as I can, I definitely will try to reply to every comment. <laughs> yeah, even if it takes me forever. <laughs> I'm just thinking of when you blow up, like blow, blow up, and you got millions, and like yeah. how you would deal with that. You know, that's gonna what, be a little but... more challenging. But yeah. yeah, for now, I'm like I'm trying to like absorb every moment of that because I think it's a valuable. It's a really special time in one's career to be able to do that, and I'm like. I'd kill for some of my favorite artists to reply to my comments. So I'm like, why wouldn't I do that for someone else? So yeah, I'm honored that anyone even wants to comment on my stuff. So I'm like, of course I'll reply. Why not? Well, that's absolutely great. And I've seen it on YouTube. That's where I seen it. And you were just thanking everybody and just so, so appreciative. I just think it's just amazing to see an artist do that. Thank you. Because like you said, a lot of people just collect the views and just that's it. But you're actually, you're out there, you're building the fan base. And you've been doing that now for a while. Um, yeah. I've got a feeling that you're kind of keeping something from me, but we'll get back to that mm-hmm. later down the interview. Yeah. So let's just like go back to some of the interview. So on the interview, you, um, you said a couple of interesting things to me. I remember you said that you've got a Greek heritage. Is that right? I do. I am half Greek and half Irish mainly. Okay, I remember yeah. it was just Greek that you said, and your name was Irene, and I'm not even going to try and pronounce the <laughs> the other part. Do you want to talk more about that? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so my dad is Greek, and I was brought up in a very uh, Greek like culture, especially Greek Orthodox culture. So, yeah, that's like it's a branch of Christianity, but the Greekness of as a, a culture is very, very big part of it every Christmas and stuff, we'd go up to Pittsburgh. That's his hometown. And I'd spend a lot of time with my Greek side and my family there. He actually ended up taking like the, the DNA test and whatnot. And we found out he's actually also Italian, oh, wow. a little bit Middle Eastern. So yeah, that side of my culture has been one that I've gotten to learn a lot about and be brought up in, which is pretty cool. And then my mom's side is Irish mostly. And we're not as connected to that, but it's still a fun combo to have. And it's funny because mm-hmm. a lot of people say I don't look very Greek because I am extremely pale. But it's that's kind of where that all comes from. So I don't know any Greek per se, the language like some of my cousins do and stuff. But mm-hmm. I went to the Greek uh, baptisms. I've been to the Greek graduation parties. It's, yeah. you know. I don't know if you've seen that movie, My Big Fat Greek Wedding, but it's very accurate. (laughs) Yeah. Definitely was a big part of my childhood, for sure. That's very interesting. And I was going to ask because I was bringing that question up because obviously you're from the United States. And Mm -hmm. I remember in the interview, you said if you ended up making enough money, you'd take your parents on holiday. And I was going to say, would you go to Europe? Is that something you like to do? For sure. Yeah. Do you have any family out in Greece? We have some extended family out there, mm-hmm. but both of my grandparents did immigrate. My okay. grandmother was born here, but my papu, as we call him, he did immigrate here right around World War II, I would say. So if I remember correctly. So he's more, um, his side of the family was more especially integrated into their relatives over there. Oh. But we have some distant people there. And I don't know if we'd really see anyone specifically out there, but we definitely have a large family in the U.S. that go there pretty frequently. So we'd probably Mm -hmm. spend time doing that. But yeah, you know, it's pretty closely related to like the origins of that side of the family that immigrated. Yeah, that's really interesting. And it's a lovely part of the world. Uh, I know a couple of people have been to Greece. Yes. uh, During the pandemic, like, like on and off. It's a lovely part of the world. It is. Thank you. Yeah. And 
I want to go back to the the songwriting. You said at the beginning of this interview that you started really doing stuff when you were around 14, but when you spoke to me in 2021, you said that you started to write your album at the age of 11. That is true, yes. Like, what? <laughs> like, wow. Yeah, so it was a process for sure. I pulled a guitar out and like started strumming chords and stuff when I was 11 and I started writing the very beginnings of six and seven, my first album around that age. Obviously, I went back and revised it a ton before I put anything out. But yeah, so, you know, and because of that, a lot of people when they listen to my older music are kind of sometimes they don't even recognize it compared to like what I've been working on now, just because I was extremely young when I wrote it and recorded it. I think the final vocals on that album were recorded when I just like turned 13. (laughs) So It's funny because it's like it's I cringe at some of the songs, not going to lie, just because that's what you do when you're an artist listening to your older music. But for me, Mm -hmm. it's like times 10 because I was like a baby. (laughs) But yeah, um, yeah, you know, so but it's cool because it's like now I have that such a early age documented forever from my life. So I kind of know what was going on in my head at those ages is interesting. A lot of it doesn't make sense, but it's definitely something for sure. It's a good thing to reflect on because you'll Mm -hmm. see the progression. So you should never be ashamed because that was your ability then and you've only gone and grown. I mean, I heard Olive Branch. That was the first song I heard Mm -hmm. done. But then you can hear the comparison between In My Head and Olive Branch. Yeah, thank you. So it's always about progression. And I just want to say again, like, your parents must be so proud, like, for you to have been able to do that at such a young age because a lot of artists they have a whole team to do that you know (laughs) so so regardless regardless to what you think about it now and your ability back then it's something you should be really proud of and it's something something on your portfolio as an artist thank you and i was going to move on to talking about the north carolina and texas uh not too much but like what was the move like like was it a big massive change how did you take it (laughs) yeah so well i don't know if y'all heard about this in the uk but in 2021 in the winter i just did a couple the fact that it was February, because that's when I moved. Yeah. Texas had its 100-year ice storm that absolutely, like, killed the state. It shut down literally the entire state. It's some areas worse than others, but because Texas isn't supposed to have ice storms, they were extremely unprepared. And yeah. the week that I moved here was the week of that ice storm, conveniently. So... <laughs> It was an experience. Luckily, I have relatives in Houston, and we already had friends in Dallas, which is where we moved to specifically. But that whole experience was quite the intro. Wow. But North Carolina and Texas are very different. Mm-hmm. But the main thing that made it so different for us is I grew up in the suburbs of North Carolina, and we decided to move to like the city part of Dallas. Like we're literally like five minutes from downtown, yeah. and it's been a really like the city life has been an incredible experience for me as an artist because it's allowed me to do so many live music gigs during the week as opposed to having to like drive at least 30 minutes to get to them so that's been really really flourishing for me obviously where texas has been in the news a lot lately for its politics and whatnot and that's been really uh difficult to um encounter i guess head on especially being a woman and stuff and seeing our governor take our rights away like constant Mm -hmm. every like seems like every month so that's been a big culture shock 
But other than that, North Carolina is where my heart's going to be forever, just because it's where my hometown is, (laughs) my childhood best friends. And it was a great state to live in for sure. But I'm glad that I'm in the city now. And I'm glad that I'm that much closer to Los Angeles. So since that's where I plan to move once I'm done with high school. Sounds good. (laughs) Yeah. So, but it's a love-hate relationship for sure. But I've met some incredible people here in Texas, some amazing collaborators, and I'm very grateful for the experience overall. Yeah. It sounds incredible. Like, I've never moved or done anything like that in my life. In my adult Mm -hmm. life, I have. I know it takes a lot, but in the middle of school for yourself and stuff, I just wanted to know kind of what it was like for you. And obviously, you would have had a group of friends, obviously, that you were doing music with, and you'd have to kind of start over again. Yeah, for sure. I mean, for me, it wasn't as crazy of a change just because I was already homeschooled. I've been homeschooled since freshman year of high school. So for me, I was already used to kind of like the my family and I's joke is I have like no friends my age but (laughs) like everyone that's my buddy is like in their 20s so for me at least it wasn't as great like I definitely think it would have been much more of an adjustment if I was switching like schools because I moved around a lot growing up North Carolina is where I spent most of my time so I know what it's like to change schools and Mm -hmm. even if you're really good at adapting it is a big nerve-wracking change so for me it was comforting to have the online program and not having to have that big adjustment but you know regardless of city change is crazy for sure yeah yeah so you've actually just brought up something then in that conversation that I wanted to bring up as well. Uh, yeah. So we're kind of touching on everything here, but I'm going to ask you to elaborate a little bit more on the show. So I remember when I first spoke to you in the interview, we were in COVID. I mm-hmm. think I was in a lockdown. You went, it was like on and off. Like It was just crazy. Yeah. And I remember you said that you wanted to focus on doing some shows. And to be honest, I did follow you quite a lot. You were doing the live shows. I think I actually dropped in on a couple of occasions and you were like hello to me because i seen you on the live sessions yeah and then all of a sudden i seen you out you were outside like you were actually in venues and (laughs) and like it was just so good to watch because you're not the only person i've seen do that like during this whole process like i'm seeing artists now obviously going out and actually performing and it's so good rather than just hearing them on spotify and i just wanted to ask you how was that to kind of adjust to to doing these shows and going because i know some of them were planned events some of them were open mics weren't they Mm -hmm. do you want to talk more about that and and what you've been doing yes for sure so it has been amazing i've actually made like my best friends here in Dallas came mm-hmm. from those shows. Like, so there's this one open mic I go to every week. It's at this place called Chocolate Secrets. And I've made like so many friends there. It's not, it's like the most community feeling ever. There's just, you can never replace live music as advanced as technology gets. There's just nothing yeah. like it. And it's been really crazy. I was doing the open mic stuff for probably, I mean, I've been doing it since like March of this year pretty consistently. But now I'm finally starting to see that experience pay off because I really wanted to first kind of nail down my live performance in a way where it's like I'm comfortable on the stage. I'm yeah. able to kind of do things on the fly now. And it's allowed me to make connections locally uh, where I get to actually go play gigs that I didn't get to ever do before. I have actually got my first like guest slot coming up next week. So and it was from a connection I made at that open mic that I've been going to forever. So it's really exciting to finally get to plan my own sets and rehearse with, you know, I'm trying to build a band now for my live shows. So yeah. it's been um, a really cool experience and I feel like it's never going to change in the music industry. Like there's always going to be concerts and touring and whatnot. So 
moving towards that is really exciting. My big goal right now is to be able to like and being like an opener for an artist yeah one band i'm manifesting is imagine dragons just because we have very similar messages in our music so that's like the one i'm dreaming of is being an opener for their next tour but yeah so it's i've gotten to talk to a lot of uh booking agents and stuff and it's just the same thing every time where it's like you just move up as you play more shows so it's kind of like you start with the open mics and you start playing actual gigs that are booked for you with your sets. So that's where I'm at now. And then you move to opening and then you move to like actually doing your own shows that are like where you're the headliner. So it's been really exciting to see that whole journey kind of actually come into fruition because it can get easy to feel like you're in a rut. But I've been able to just actively keep making steps upward which is always a good thing so it's been such a great time it sounds really good and there's nothing like experience like Mm -hmm. you've done this now for nearly a good year and it has paid off that contact you've made and the progression that you're making it's just so good to hear and i'm just so glad that you know everything's kind of back to normal for you because the one thing i did see was artists were just being crippled by covid yeah for sure they didn't know where to move i had a lot of conversation with people i was saying you're going to do online shows people asking me for advice and stuff and i was trying to do kind of similar things that you were doing where it was live and we had to kind of adjust it's just so like great to see everyone kind of back to some kind of normality it really Uh, is and i'm so happy for you for that thank you i want you to now introduce your song for everyone to have a listen to Alrighty. so this is my most recent single it is called in my head and it is available on all streaming platforms that's absolutely great thank you here's in my head I live in my head 
wake up tomorrow Cause I'm such a pain, get all my tears by the bottle How could I be such a boy, such an emotional person Got my letters on the floor, living happier heaven Cause I live in my head where I paint fantasies Of dreams that feel so real, yet they're so out of reach And God, I'm so tired, yet I'm only And there you go, there was In My Head by Rinny K, which is available now on all streaming platforms. So, Rinny, I have got a feeling that you've been hiding something from me this whole interview. <laughs> and I think that you've got a secret project in the works because you haven't released music now for, well, it's nearly a year. Yeah, your hunch is correct. It's, yeah. So I'm not a very good secret keeper, even though I, I've been very suspicious on social media. Yeah. So I've been working on an EP. That is why I've taken off so much time since I definitely want to make sure that I'm finally able to provide my supporters with consistent music releases and not a song a year. So that EP is going to start rolling out hopefully by the end of this year. But I want oh, wow. to make sure it's absolutely ready to go and everything is lined up so that the supporters can have the best fan experience possible with it. So you should be hearing something from me before 2023. But I can say no matter how long it takes, it's going to be consistent. And as soon as you get one song from me, be ready to get a ton more very soon after. Be great. So we've got a release coming hopefully before the end of the year or at least an announcement for it for next year. And That's you're gonna be plan. and you're gonna yeah. be releasing several projects from that. Oh yes. As soon as once more is out about it, it'll be very fun to talk about the experience of making it because it's I honestly didn't even realize I was making it until a couple of months ago. So oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, you know, I thought I was just making singles ready to go, but it was like then I'm like, oh my god, wait a second, these all fit together. So yeah. yeah, you know, now it's it's definitely been worth the hiatus because this is definitely a growth from even my last song, which I know a lot of people really liked that one, which I hope they'll yeah. like this stuff just as much. But yeah, if you like the vibe of In My Head, you'll definitely like this stuff because it's exploring similar themes. Well, I can't wait. And Thank you. As I say, it's always worth the wait. So sure. I have got a couple of questions, but you know, if, if some of it's still under wraps, then just tell me. But I was going to ask, have you got any collaborations going? Well, it is interesting. So we don't have any other artists on songs at the moment. However, okay. I've had some very good producer collaborations. A lot of people know that In My Head was my first song to do with the producer. But now I've got a co-writer. Her name is Jules Proliferone, I believe. I hope I'm saying her last name correctly. So she's on at least one of the songs. We might bring her back for another one in terms of the writing. And the producer collaborations for this EP have been awesome. I've worked with Ryan Benio, Tim Qualls, and a producer from Sound Better who goes by Dibs. I don't know if that's his uh, public name or not, but... 
I've worked with a lot of different people for the first time and it's definitely brought another side of me out, which I think is great. I think that's a beautiful thing about collaboration, even if yeah. it's not a collaboration between two performing artists, but this experience has really like pushed me to another level in terms of writing and performance just because they've challenged me to be better. So yeah, you know, in that terms of it, the collaboration has been crazy. Oh, that's great. And I can't wait. Again, just more great news. And final question. Well, one more because I've got a bit of a funny question to ask you towards of the end. Of course. I'm all about funny questions. So with the music, I wanted to ask you, have any music videos planned? Unfortunately, I haven't been able to do music videos like I did with 6 and 7 mm-hmm. purely because of the time commitment. However, I'm hoping to shoot some visualizers and give some sort of visuals for this project even if they're not music videos but I definitely think in this new digital age I'm prioritizing short form content more than anything Mm -hmm. since that has gotten me what the bulk of my supporters for sure so I definitely want to do something creative though especially with live music for this EP most of my fans are not in my city so you know it's I want to be able to provide, even if it's a virtual concert experience for people in all different time zones and stuff, since TikTok's a global platform and I've got a global audience because of it. So I definitely want to bring something special in that way this time around. Yeah, that's absolutely great. Thank you. For the last final question, it's not a funny question, but I just want to know, why are you the CEO of Sadbox? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So that's, I'm glad someone finally noticed that on my Instagram profile, because I feel like I do these rebrands and like, does no one read my bio? But so I would say I'm the CEO of Sad Girl Bops because I am a sad girl when I write music. So I've kind of made it my personality on TikTok to sad girl bopify things. Um, I have a series on there where whether it is a trending sound on TikTok or if it's a song that maybe is kind of upbeat or if it's a trending topic with a certain song or sound, I will try to make it sound depressing since that's kind of what people pegged my music as. So that is where the Sad Girl Bop CEO self-proclaimed title comes from. Ah, uh-huh. so I need to get on TikTok then and then I'll understand. Absolutely. You will find all sorts of chaotic content <laughs> on there for me. Okay, I'm going to have to check that out. And before we go, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for having and me. And I want you to shout out, this is your time now, just to shout out like whoever you want to shout out and yeah. just give credit for, for whatever projects you worked on or anything. And I just want to thank you for being part of the show. Well, thank you for having me. Uh, definitely a major shout out to my producers, Ryan Benio and Tim Qualls. I especially want to shout out Tim Qualls because he came to me first, was interested in just collaborating from the get-go, and he's really believed in me as an artist this past couple of months and has really pushed me to challenge myself as a writer. I also want to shout out Terry Gorka, who and I, who's been working with me on some sync projects and has also been really pushing me on my artistic skills. So I appreciate people that really challenge me to do better. And of course, I want to shout out my supporters for consistently being there for me every day, even though I have not given them a new song for the whole year. So it means a lot that they still care and are still keeping up with everything. So yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you very much. Appreciate your time. And thank you very much. Well, thank you for having me here. Thank you. 
from the UK is my music bring you the hottest artists from around the world podcasts interviews press releases is my music fire 